1MDB has sparked embezzlement and money laundering investigations across One of the biggest corruption scandals the world has ever seen. What may be the biggest financial scam in the history. Number of corrupt 1MDB officials treated this public trust as a personal bank account. Follow us as we bring you into the courtroom where the biggest financial scandal in Malaysian history is being heard. By the Malaysian Insight, this is the Najib Razak 1MDB trial, and I'm Patrick Teo. Last week, we heard multiple times how Najib held ultimate power in 1MDB thanks to his position as Prime Minister, the Finance Minister, and Chairman of the company's advisory board. He would often use this power to push through deals and negotiations despite facing objections. This was hammered in even more today. Cheryl Halmy, the prosecution's ninth witness, told the court how Joe Lowe had told him not to worry because Najib, the boss, would be able to bulldoze his way through any obstacles that came in their way. Najib was running late this morning. The 14th day of his 1MDB trial was supposed to start at 9.30am, but the former Prime Minister was stuck in traffic. The single lane leading up to the court was crawling, and even his police escort could do nothing about it. It was almost 10am when proceedings began. Cheryl Halmy was still on the stand. He was 1MDB's former CEO and the prosecution's ninth witness. Where we left off on day 13, Cheryl was talking about buying a stake in energy producer Tanjung Energy Holdings Sindram Barhat from Malaysian business tycoon Ananda Krishnan. The witness had heard about the business opportunity at a gala dinner during the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. It was whispered to him by Philip K. Haddad, Mubadala's CEO. Mubadala is the UAE's sovereign wealth fund, one MDB was supposed to be modelled after. Prosecutor Gopal Sri Ram continued his questioning on this topic. In order to finance the acquisition of Tanjung Energy, Najib approved a 6.17 billion ringgit bridging loan from Maybank and RHB and an additional 1.75 billion US dollars in bonds issuance. Goldman Sachs helped 1MDB raise the bonds to purchase Tanjung, making 100 million ringgit along the way. The sale was finalized on March 2, 2012 for 10.6 billion ringgit. Sharo said the proceeds from the bonds were placed in Falcon Bank in Hong Kong. He did not know why the bank was chosen, but in 2015, Sharo found out that Falcon was linked to Aba Investment PJS Limited's CEO, Muhammad Badawi Al Husseini. Now here's where it gets interesting. Aba Investment PJS Limited masqueraded itself as part of Abu Dhabi's wealth fund, but in reality, it wasn't. It was an offshore company incorporated in the British Virgin Islands. The actual investment company was only known as ABBA Investments PJS, that's Investments with an S, and was a subsidiary of Abu Dhabi's International Petroleum Investment Company or IPIC. The similarity in name was designed to deceive. According to Sharul, 1MDB's general counsel, Jasmine Liu, and their executive director of finance, Terence Gay, were put in charge to execute the Tanjung Energy deal. Sharul said he first met Jasmine Liu in 2007. 
She was representing Utama Banking Group, or UBG at the time, which was his client in Accenture. He was impressed with Jasmine. At the time, around 2010, 1MDB was looking for a general counsel with knowledge of international high finance, and she fit the bill. Cheryl then asked Joe whether he was okay to have Jasmine join 1MDB. As for Terence, the witness said it was Joe's idea. Joe had told Cheryl that Azmi Tahir, who was 1MDB's chief financial officer, may not be fluent in international high finance. Here, Sriram interjected, saying, in other words, cheating. Like Joe, Jasmine and Terence are both in the wind and wanted by Malaysian authorities. Sharo said he did not know where Jasmine was. He hasn't seen her since he left 1MDB in 2013. The same went for Terence. The witness last saw him in 2014 at a 1MDB board meeting. Circling back to the acquisition of Tanjong, Sriram asked Sharul whether the purchase of the energy company was profitable for 1MDB. The witness said it should have been if Tanjong had been listed on the stock exchange. IPIC had guaranteed 1MDB's bond issuance. In return, it was given the option to buy 49% of the shares of the energy entity once it was publicly listed. Additionally, ABBA, the fake one that is, was paid a security deposit of 577 million US dollars. Sharo said the money was transferred from 1MDB's Falcon Bank account in Hong Kong to an account in BSI Switzerland. He added that he did not suspect anything was out of place. In the end, the public offering did not take place. So, what happened to the money? No one knows. The witness did not suspect a thing because this was an inter-government initiative. Also, the investments were meant to grow the sovereign wealth fund for Malaysia. Sharo said that when Joe and Jasmine put all these transactions and requirements in front of him, he accepted them in good faith. To further increase 1MDB's portfolio in the independent power producer sector, Sharo said that Goldman suggested another acquisition that of Genting Sanyen, another power plant. The acquisition was codenamed Project Greyhound. Goldman brokered the deal and raised 1.75 billion US dollars for 1MDB through bonds issuance. Sharo said this was orchestrated by Joe, who was given a mandate by Najib. Najib also issued a letter in his capacity as the finance minister to greenlight the bonds issuance. The former Prime Minister also requested for IPIC to once again back this with a guarantee, and he secured it via a personal phone call. To facilitate the second board's issuance, Sharo said another account was opened at Falcon Bank to receive the $1.75 billion. US dollars. And IPIC, as the guarantor, was given the same options as the first bond's issuance, that is, first tips to buy 49% of the company's shares, and the fake ABBA was paid 790 million US dollars under the guise of a security deposit. As with Tanjung, Genting Sanyen, which 1MDB acquired for 2.75 billion US dollars, was never listed. And the money paid to ABBA, well, that was never recovered.
Cheryl said that after investing in the two power plants, namely Tanjung and Genting Sanyen, 1MDB then poured more money into development projects. You might have heard about them. They're the Tun Razak Exchange, or TRX, and Banda Malaysia in Kuala Lumpur. The witness said that ABBA was interested in jointly developing TRX. Goldman banker Tim Leisner suggested that 1MDB proceeded with the project with funds from ABBA. Joe also informed Sharul of ABBA's intention and assured him that IPIC would write Najib a proposal for this. This, by the way, was the fake ABBA. A letter from IPIC arrived on November 2012 confirming as much. It added that the development would be a joint venture. Najib agreed to it and put 1MDB Board of Directors Chairman Lodin Wok Kamarudin in charge. IPIC suggested that 1MDB raised 1.5 billion US dollars to fund the JV. Cheryl said that the initial budget for the venture was 6 billion US dollars, but that amount was slashed in half. But the witness doesn't know why. Cheryl said he sent a letter to Najib on January 13, 2012. In it, he explained the requirements for a letter of support to raise the three billion US dollars bonds issuance. That very same day, Najib minuted the letter and instructed the Ministry of Finance to act quickly. Two months later, 1MDB received a letter of support from the ministry. Sharul said this was all in line with Joe's plans. He had told Sharul not to worry because the boss will bulldoze. He was, of course, referring to Najib, who was Prime Minister and Finance Minister at the time, said Sharul. Proceedings then ended for the day. Sharul will be back tomorrow. This podcast was brought to you by the Malaysian Insight. The team behind the Najib Razak 1MDB podcast are Revati Supramaniam, Yappik Kwan, Yvonne Lim, and Ravin Palanisami. Timothy Acharyam and Beat Hong provided additional reporting. And I'm Patrick Teo.